welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. And tonight's terror tale I call The Count's Countdown. <laughs> That's right, Count. It's your birthday. Mike, Mike, and Josh wanted to wish you one hell of a birthday. <laughs> I understand you have quite the gathering to watch Tales from the Crypt. Well, thanks for ensuring my retirement, especially on your 100th birthday. You know, this next year, my daddy will turn 100 as well. <laughs> so I'd take that to heart if I had one. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Count. <laughs> <laughs> and many more screams come true. Well, Count, you know, they like to call you the Count. And of course, I will too. From all of us here at Tales from the Crypt, and of course, your old pal, the Crypt Keeper, here's some advice at your scalibration. You know... Try not to eat some of the food that Mike, Mike, and Josh serve you. Especially the shish kebab. Bob next door was not too happy about it. <laughs> Everybody, to episode 100 of Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Master Mash. We did it. We made it. 100 episodes. Blah! To celebrate, I shall now say blah 100 times for the episode. You will enjoy it. Blah! 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 Okay, not really, but hey, you, you enjoy a few blahs. <laughs> the count will be in the background, blahing. Blah! And mentioning his balls. Blah! <laughs> My uh, balls. How's everybody feeling? Eh, exhausted as per usual. Welcome I'm back alive! To Welcome back to the land of living, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I heard you got a spoonful of super COVID. I sure did. And uh, boy, boy, howdy, was it fucking rough. 
wash your hands and get your vaccines, kids. Because uh, the new strain going around doesn't fuck around. Do it's not no go fun. to cough-in-your-face parties. It's a trap. <laughs> Shit, I was supposed to go to one of those this weekend. God damn it. See, I had to cancel the spit-in-my-mouth party. Y- you know, just don't risk it. It's not worth it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Guys, uh... It has been, oh, geez, two years of this podcast, a little over two years that we uh, finally got to episode 100. Uh, You heard opening the show, we have a big, big fan in one, the only Crypt Keeper, who uh, I guess he's distant cousins with the Count. They went to uh, high school together. No, you know what? I bet you they were college roommates. I think they went to like charm boarding school together. Yep. Uh, they, right. they both got to walk in a straight line with a book on top of their head. And uh, great guy. He uh, makes a mean macaroni salad. So if you ever want to have him over. My book was The Joys of Sex. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're a new listener, this is a podcast where three adult men rant and rave about toys and pop culture stuff. All the while being huge idiots with our cast of imaginary made-up characters because it's theater of the mind. And we can't help ourselves, and we're crazy creative weirdos. So uh, buckle up. We will be announcing winner number one soon if you're just listening. Because you want free stuff. This is episode 100, and I love doing prize packages. Um, I want to get plugs and thank yous right out of the way. I could not have done this podcast without you, Mike and Josh. Thank you, guys. You you are the spine and the ribs and the fleshy parts of this podcast that uh, makes it work. I would like to thank my daughter, Zoe, my lovely wife. I would like to thank Matt LeMay, Don DeRazio, Susie Hunt. Josh Strausberg, Maurice Killifer, who has been on every single episode. He just lurks in the background and never actually chimes in. <laughs> I he's see the him now. Of the show. He, uh, he's the heavy breather. <laughs> I would like to thank Sam Grenquist, all of our lovely listeners. Who am I forgetting? Mm, I think that's everybody. Uh, uh wait, no. Um, Fuck. Timmy, we gotta thank Timmy. Guys, <laughs> Josh. Thank you, Timmy. Josh, it's Timmy. Hold on, hold on. I hate to, to uh, grind things to a halt, but uh, oh, uh, uh, listen, T- Josh? Timmy, t- Timmy, Josh, Timmy, did you get my present that I sent you? Is it a sexually transmitted disease? Or well, it, I mean, wait, that what? was part of it. What, what, what is it? I, I get a lot of mail. I'm on Timu, like, all the time. Okay, well, there's a, there's going to be a big box showing up. Yeah? It's a gold-plated bucket. Fuck yeah! It's like and you know what? rims, but for a boy without bones. Oh. And you know what? There's, there's, there's another part of the gift coming. What, what the is handle, it? the handle 
yeah. is made from a real life pimp cane, but I had to buy it separately. Sweet, sweet Daddy Mac, Josh, I'm I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you back, Josh, by touching your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> so so whenever uh, whenever you need help putting your contacts in, call me, Josh. I will, Timmy. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm I'm gonna go back under the bed now. I, I feel like TTYL. I feel like that would be like Krang poking you in the eye, just a little fleshy nub, like. Ugh. Like. Yes. Yes, Timmy. Can I bite your fingernails? Uh, yeah. Actually, they're getting kind of long. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Thank you, everybody, for being a fan. Ah. Ah. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Timmy. Bye, Timmy. Uh, and I'd also like to thank Heretic Party, a great podcast. So it's come to this, a Simpsons family podcast. The Boogeyman's Closet, who has me on on quite a regular basis. Or I don't have to put on funny voices. I can just comment on movies that I love. Pickman's Vinyls for giving me all kinds of stuff to spend money on. Thank you, Josh. Um, stuff coming soon. I would like to thank Hollow Creek Farms for setting my butthole on fire in the best <laughs> possible way. Um, Mike, I don't know about you personally. I have found that because the bottles are kind of small, they're best on chips. Oh, I love them on chips, yeah. Um, I tried putting it on a huge piece of turkey the other night, and it was a little like I didn't have enough. Um, See, I'll do the just the regular old blue corn tortilla chips and just douse them in that yeah. garlic jalapeno sauce. Yeah, uh, I literally I'll I'll sit on the floor, I'll hold the chip, and I'll do like yep. a little dab, eat the chip, and just lather, rinse, repeat. Yep. Um, I also want to add that. Uh, Tara Mastravich, did I say it right? Finally, <laughs> Matravich, yes. Tara Matravich, yep. and her awesome fiance Mike McCoy scare the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> with oh her dressed God. up as like an evil Raggedy Ann, you know why? <gasps> because she looks like this is a thing that just fucking bothers me when somebody's like playing a character that's very fucking scary. So I mm. think uh, Baby Firefly. Okay. And you're like, okay, that's enough. You can stop now. And they don't stop. <laughs> and they keep going. Yep. And you're like, okay, okay. You have eyelids, right, Tara? Right? <laughs> right? And she'll just like, nah, I'm a creepy doll person. <laughs> that's what I picture it's like. And it's fucking unnerves me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm fully planning to uh, go and see both of them. In uh in the haunted house around here, um the seven gates, and uh, I, I I've already told her like you know if, if she's in the doll costume I'm running through the room because it's terrifying. Yeah, like no, uh uh-uh. no, thank you. <laughs> you I know agree. there's only one thing to do in that situation: scream and flail about fire. You put your hands to your head and yell <laughs> moose. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the moose hands. Um, yeah, I can picture her singing some sort of like creepy ass nursery rhyme. Oh yeah, in some sort of like giant baby cage with body parts in it or something. Like, no, this is the one in the mall in Niagara Falls, right? Yep, yep, yep. 
if you want to shit your pants, go have fun. Be my guest. You were warned. <laughs> I, guess, I guess Mike did a bunch of the masks for it, and uh, they got Tara in the the baby doll room when she she set up a bunch of the stuff in there. So it's creepy as hell. Yeah, like I don't want to wake up chained to a radiator with her trying to like <laughs> feed me a bottle. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right, it's time for contest number one. Let me tell you the prize in contest prize pack. Number one, I have everything on pickerwheel.com. Let me check our post so I can give you an exact breakdown. Pick that wheel. Pick it. Pick it. Pick it real good. Actually... I'm going to start with four because number one is like the big bad one with all the toys. Mm-hmm. Number four will be the horror one. This comes with the following. Some extra goodies that I found laying around the house. I'm not going to bother listing them right now. You get Friday the 13th, the final chapter on Blu-ray. You get an actual functioning puzzle box to summon demons and tiny Polish girls. You get Beetlejuice on Blu-ray. You get Army of Darkness of VHS tapes slightly used. You get a sealed Winter Gremlins 2-pack because Gremlins are awesome from NECA. You, you get, get an a old banana. Yeah. You get a sealed Nightmare on Elm Street box set from back in the day on DVD that comes with that awesome documentary that's hard to find now. And you can't get Nightmare on Elm Street anywhere currently because of the rights disputes that may never be solved. Ooh. A pack of dinosaur attack cards. Don't eat the gum. A pest dispenser of unknown age in a package. I'm sure it's fine. A Nightmare Before Christmas Sally Reaction figure. A Herbert we- a Herbert West Toonie Terror. Psycho Gorman. Sealed Blu-ray. Misery on DVD. The Puppet Master remake on DVD with Thomas Lennon. And one of those awesome multi-packs of movies. This one is called Gore House. And it has... And one of the cases is full of old bananas. And bananas. <laughs> Everybody loves bananas. Are you guys ready to see who wins this one? Yes! We have 10 entrants. Best of luck to you. If you win this one, I am going to take you off the other list because it's not fair to other people. Here we go. That was terrifying. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris Stadoff. You have won. Prize pack number four, the horror prize pack. Other people who entered to win, I am so, so sorry. But, Chris, we are not sorry. We are proud. Yes. We are proud of you. Good job winning that. I might be mispronouncing your name. I apologize. I, I didn't because I just went with your first name. Because it's Chris. Chris S. <laughs> SSS. Uh, but also, thank you. Thank you for, for listening and, and participating. Chris Stoyanoff. S-T-O-I-A-N-O-F-F. Ah. Ah. You, have, you have one package number four. All right. Let's get into the rest of the podcast. Mike, did Jeez. you remember... Our very first sponsor. Oh, God. Was that Aunt Mabel? 
That's right. And guess what? She's back. She's still sitting in that abandoned Kmart on Route 31, Niagara Falls. And oh, she's damn. still hawking her wares. But guess what? She sent me a package. You know what it is? Mike, it's Aunt Mabel's patented. Is it meat? I don't know. It's bleeding. It has veins. It's blue. Is it meat? I don't know. But Aunt Mabel wants you to cook it and eat it. Mike, mm. we know you'll eat anything. Will you try Mabel's? Is it meat? Oh, I absolutely will try that. Mmm, it has veins. Aunt Mabel's meat. Get yours today at a butcher shop in an abandoned Kmart. It tastes I'm, blue. I'm going to guess it's Smurf meat. It might be. We can't guarantee that it'll keep you alive after you eat it. Free tapeworms inside. You're welcome. <laughs> Go see Aunt Mabel behind the Kmart on Route 31. We've already had a word from Timmy. Time for show and tell. It's been like a month. And I'm sure we all have a lot, but let's kind of keep it quick as shish. I surprisingly I don't. I got a bunch. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch of stuff. Because Hasbro dumped like a year's worth of G.I. Joe's in a week. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I got Range Viper. I got Tunnel Rat. I got Big Ben. I got other rabies. guys. I got rabies. And I got the NECA Burger King Kids Club Universal Monsters Fright Crate, which okay. is pretty cool. If anybody's on the fence about getting it, I think it's worth it. You get a clear plastic Frankenstein, and there's going to be three more paying homage to the other Universal Monsters that were in that set in the 90s. Um, he comes in a plastic baggie. It's a Ziploc baggie. You can open it up and pull him out just like the way he was at Burger King. Uh, it came with a sticker, some postcards, uh, enamel pin of a 8-bit skeleton, and a Frankenstein t-shirt. Uh, totally cool. Nice. Worth your time. Of the new G.I. Joes I got, uh, I want to say Tunnel Rat's the best because he's my favorite, but he's not uh, not even by a mile. Uh, the two Walmart-exclusive characters of Big Ben and Range Viper are much, much cooler. Um, I thankfully, do that Range Viper. They're hitting Walmarts, so uh, bide your time. I'm sure you'll find it. They Range Vipers got everything he came with originally, and another machine gun. And Big Ben is like expanded on, based on the old figure, and he has like a an alternate head with a gas mask, um, a crazy machine gun. He's a lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, I love these these GI Joes. So um, everything else, I just can't fucking remember because it's been so long and I made the mistake of not making notes. So, uh, Mike, what'd you get? Um, I did not get much at all. I ended up grabbing um, the Ultron uh, from the Marvel Legends Ant-Man wave. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a damn cool figure. My only complaint, like I said to you guys in the, in the text message, is the Kirby crackle. He just kind of holds it. And I'm like, that looks weird. They should, have yeah. been able, they should have been able to plug into his mouth because that's how it always shows it. But overall, it's just like a figure that I paid $7 for. Yeah, no, I'm, I am I dig him. Um, and then in the same vein, I could care less about the uh, Power Rangers Cobra Kai crossover. But I found the uh, Cobra Kai putty where he's in the skeleton costume from the first Karate Kid. And again, 7 bucks. I'm like, you know what? That's 
that's fun. That's just a fun figure. And I can't stop playing around with him. Like, I have him on my desk right now. He's very fun. You can't um, stop playing with your putty. I can't stop playing with my putty. Um, and then I got two of the new blind box uh, Galaxy Squadron, the Star Wars Galaxy Squadron. Um, the uh, I got the cannon, which is weird because it just looks like it's kind of floating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a little floating cannon with a stormtrooper and one of these speeder bikes i don't even remember what movie it's from i think it might have been from rogue one um but it's like a big chonky looking speeder bike and uh yeah that's about all i got this week cool josh uh i'll rattle through some stuff because i i got a handful of stuff uh let's see i got i'll start with the least fun stuff or rather some of the clearance stuff that I've picked up. Uh, so I picked up COVID. The, I picked up COVID. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I picked up the Paz Vizsla on clearance. Yeah. Um, I can't say a lot about them that Mike didn't already say, but I will say my copy is fairly gummy, which is mm-hmm. especially bothersome for, you know, what they originally wanted for him. Uh, other than that, he is a lot of fun, so I can't complain that much, especially for, like, seven bucks. Uh, also picked up the Dead Prowl and Ironhide 2-pack, which, man, is a lot of fun just for those alternate heads, but their battle damage is pretty fun, too. Uh, I will warn anyone that is planning on picking it up, the plastic quality uh, is about Cyberverse quality. Yeah. No. So... Yeah. So it's it's that weird, like, super hard plastic that almost feels cheap. But, uh, you know, if you're picking it up on super clearance, then that shouldn't be a problem because you're paying essentially like 12 to 15 bucks for a deluxe and Voyager. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, honestly, the plastic isn't that big of an issue because you're not buying them to transform. Them. You're buying them to look like they're being killed. Yeah, right. Uh, also got Masterverse Whiplash, who is the new attorney of Whiplash. Um, I didn't have a lot of interest in him, but when I saw him on clearance, I grabbed him. Holy shit, he's fun. Uh, I will say it's a little weird that uh, so many modern Masterverse or, or Masters figures in general, you can straighten their legs out and he has permanent knee bend, which is the right choice for him because it helps him balance with his tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it totally works for him. It just feels odd in contrast to all the other ma- uh, modern masters being able to have a straight leg look. Yeah. So it's just that sudden moment of like, what, what his legs are permanently bent. Why? But yeah, that does th- seem weird. But then once you play around with him, like having them, have that curve to it means that he is balanced well with his tail. So it seems like it was the right choice with him. It also definitely aids to his kind of like troll like look. Uh, but no, he's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, I, as I have done with most of the new attorney figures, I'm keeping him in his new attorney look. So he's like holding his, uh, torch. I think uh, it's his it, best. Like, it's a nice improvement for him. It's fun. I think it's a. I think it's a lot more interesting than just getting a whiplash update. Yeah, yeah. 
but then other things that I grabbed, one thing that I will, I, I'm going to bitch about it. I grabbed the Transformers Legacy Shadow Striker. Okay. I am not familiar with the character. All I saw was cool robot with a monocle. I swear to God, this figure feels like it was trans it was designed by someone that has never designed a transformer before. There are so many weird and awkward things about it that it, it has some amount of charm for how fucking like, what are they doing? It is, <laughs> but the transformation is both basic and weird at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the joints are all kind of weird. Like, her apparently it's a she her arms are attached to panels or like back back panel kibble okay so they're not actually attached like to her shoulders they're attached to something behind her and it it's really fucking weird and it doesn't really work well <laughs> and her transformation like is reliant on two heavy parts forming pieces like the the top half of the car doesn't actually need to attach to transform it just pegs into her arm and then pegs on top of the car Mm -hmm. and the back of the car is like a piece that pegs on and doesn't really have anywhere to peg on in robot mode you just sort of stick it on her arm and it looks weird it it's yeah, so it's it's so it's so bizarrely badly done that like I don't hate it enough to be like I hate this toy I want to get rid of it it like it's so bad that it has enough charm for it to be like what the fuck are they doing what the fuck is this toy <laughs> who designed this and why and can they please never design a transformer again but I want to talk to them and know their thought process because what the fuck is this? Is it like a step up from a GoBot? It, you know, it's more complex than a GoBot, but at the same time, it just like, it's so fucking weird. She like, I can't recommend her. I can't, I can't say she's worth the price point unless she ends up at like Ross Mm-hmm. Or a discount. Like, if you see her at Ollie's, fucking grab her. But uh, at $25, no. No. Oh, uh, it's, oh, uh, man. But then on the opposite end of the Transformer spectrum, I, spectrum, I got Trash Master. He looks cool. Trash yeah. Master is a, he is a bulky, fucking weird robot Frankenstein's monster-looking figure that is also has some weirdness to it. Like he has essentially just like the front of the, the truck mm-hmm. hanging over his ass. So he got some booty, <laughs> uh, but it's also on um, trash master. It's 100% excusable because any amount of weirdness that he has mm. is because of the play pattern and being able to pop the parts off and swap them around with other junkions. Right. So while he also does have weirdness, the weirdness for him is because of a play pattern and totally excusable. 
And I learned something. Actually, I'm I'm gonna. He's in the other room. I'll send I'll send you a picture once I get him into robot mode in this version. But I learned there is something super super fun you can do with him, uh, and it's essentially giving him you know the uh, the weird claw arm that's the uh, the head of the Tractosaurus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can give him that as a head in robot mode. So it's Ooh. like this weird, chunky, monster-headed monstrosity. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, other things that I got that uh, I'll rattle through fairly quickly, because I know I got other things, but I'm blanking. Uh, but I got one of the... Uh, I got at Disney one of the blind-packaged... Uh, and this is noteworthy for a lot of reasons. It is a blind-packed droid factory figure. So it's a three and three-fourth inch droid. It could be like one of three different styles of droid. Uh, it's either going to be an R2 unit, two BB units, or uh, this specific series has a an Imperial probe droid. Oh, nice. Um, so who'd you get? And all of the parts are swappable. I got an R2 unit. Uh, it has a specific name, but it's one of the cone-headed R2s. Okay. Now, the fact that it's a three and three-fourth inch figure that has all fully swappable parts is really cool on its own, especially because, like, the way the R2 units are built if you have like some of the older humanoid figures from the droid factory series, like the three PO type droids, you can like put the arms onto the R2 units and make weird droid monstrosities. Yeah. Nice. And it's great. Um, the price on these at Disney parks, at Disney parks, at Disney parks, is better than most blind box minifigures these days. Well, how much are they? $14.99. Wow. And it comes with, you know, one of several different droids in three and three-fourth inch scale. They're fully customizable and swappable. It has a really cool display base with it. Like, the packaging itself is all a display base for it. Yeah. And it's nice quality. And, you know, I, for 15 bucks, I'm genuinely disappointed I didn't grab more than one. Um, but I also grabbed some pins that I'll talk about a little bit more later on when I talk about Disney itself. Uh, and I will talk more about it, but I have to put it in here because I did get it. I got a lightsaber. Nice. And I just didn't get any lightsaber. I got a lightsaber that I can genuinely say is mine. It's fucking my lightsaber. I I built it. It's amazing. And I love it. Save the experience for later in the show. Oh yeah, no, that's when... that was enough for me to be like, it's that's I have a lightsaber. Everyone needs to know I have a lightsaber. Josh <laughs> is gonna tell us how awesome uh his Disneyland experience was. At Disney cool. World. Disney, schmizney. I can't afford to go there. <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, cool, cool. Uh, 
Something I'd like to add on my show and tell, I got, you guys ready? Ready for this? Buckle up. I got a water softening system. (laughs) I got the blind box version. I was hoping for the limited edition glow-in-the-dark chase, but I got the standard 2 and 12. So, you know, it's still cool. I might buy a whole case of them, but uh, yeah, they're like $4,000. So... Anyways, um, adulting, ain't it great? Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready for contest numero two? Yes. Oh, indeedy. This is for prize package number three. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a collection of Killer Clown Smarter Space buttons from our lovely friends at Funko, a Pez dispenser, a pack of dinosaur tech cards. A 1,000-piece Bride of Frankenstein puzzle. You get a Mego Invisible Man, a Mego Mole Person, a huge collection of reaction feature, figures featuring Baron Harkonnen, uh, a Luchador, Clear Plastic Toxic Avenger, four Universal Monsters, including Creatures from the Black Lagoon, Mummy, Frankenstein, a Wolfman in Crazy Colors, and Vincent Price. You get a Shake the Skull coloring book, a horror coloring book, you get an awesome Pennywise piece of artwork from Matt LeMay. Two pieces of artwork from Mike Alvarez. Are you guys ready to see who wins? No indeed. Yes! We have ten people entering for this contest, and I am going to spin the wheel. Spin there we go. Spin that wheel. Spin some good. Spin, 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 spin. I like the bow by a vowel. And our winner is... Don Dorazio, congratulations, Don Dorazio. Congratulations, CEO of Global Milk. You're going to get a bunch of stuff that you probably don't want. You're welcome. (laughs) And for all of these contest winners, you got to get a hold of me. That means you have to listen to the episode and let me know that you won. If you don't get a hold of me in two weeks, I am going to throw another contest out there and pick a second winner. And because it's it's excellent podcasting, I shall now send you a picture. <laughs> but just to my fellow co-hosts, because good podcasting. Picture you all can't of, see it. Only we can see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the picture of that monster monster headed uh, trash bastard. Oh, I thought you were gonna send us a picture of the play phone up your ass. That too. All right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's I I enjoy right. it very much. Let's look at. Ooh, look at that! That is really cool. That is oh, yeah, that's I like fun. that. That's neat. Yeah, no, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, no, it's I I I I like him a whole fucking lot. He's he's weird, but uh, a... in the best way. I see your cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's always here. Um, all right, are you guys ready for a colossal news dump? Yes, okay. I'm going to be muted out for part of it because you know what it's time for. That's right, time Beat to the feed the beasts. Um, not only did we have Hasbro PulseCon, I completely forgot that the New York Toy Fair is happening, and basically everything on the left side of the United States, and then some, was present, and they had tons and tons of shit to show off. So I'm just going to dive into it 
I'm going to start with the coolest and the saddest news out there. Mighty Max is back, Mike. Mm. Kind of. Yeah, I'm a little bummed about this. So uh, there is a super fan in like Indonesia where the rights to Mighty Max lapsed. He is like a potentially the biggest Mighty Max fan in the world. He's got like unproduced sets, all this stuff. And he decided he was going to grab the IP and make his own Mighty Max stuff. Uh, we got excited because it popped up on Big Bad Toy Store. And it's these two hats that open up into like little Doom Zones. And there's one with Mighty Max and one with a new character. And it did kind of make a lot of sense. I did some digging. I was going to invite whoever was bringing this back out onto the show. Maybe they would come on and talk about it. But I, I did some digging, found out that this new character is going to be like his interaction like his ip intellectual property mm-hmm. so he can get away from mighty max but uh big bad toy stores selling these it's a hat and the only movable piece is mighty max yeah that's it uh but it's not official in any capacity other than like this guy just jumped on a loophole and he's putting his own stuff out so i wouldn't get too excited by it um we have coming from figure obscura the fantastic four fantastic four fuck the four horsemen uh their toy line we have the mask of the red death and if you're listening to this it's already gone on sale and it's sold out um this kind of falls in line with like their krampus and they're like just fun made up stuff but it's a red skeleton in a cloak if you can think of phantom of the opera that's sort of what he looks like he looks Um, creepy as hell yeah as of writing, the only item that's sold out from the PulseCon exclusives, these are Hasbro's uh, exclusive items for their, like, in-house convention, are the Omega Rangers 4-pack. And that is, like, their new take on the Power Rangers based on the IDW comics, I believe. Um, let's see here. Some new G.I. Joe reveals. They showed off Shockwave. Shockwave. the Try that again. Shockwave, who is a pretty much classic reinterpretation of the shockwave we know and love the SWAT trooper with the baseball hat helix who is a character from the 25th anniversary line buzzer ripper uh two more of the classic dreadnoughts they look awesome uh general hawk metalhead they mentioned the night creepers didn't show them off they mentioned the cobra ferret didn't show it off there's going to be a retro beachhead a retro eel and a retro snow serpent. They name dropped Nagahide. Big Boa. They showed off Airborne. Uh, Quick Kick is coming. There's going to be a Techno Viper. Mutton Junkyard. There's a retro Scarlet. A retro Rakondo. A retro Duke. The retro G.I. Joes are no longer going to be exclusive to Walmart. Anybody can carry them. I'm going to assume they'll be coming to Target. Also, next year is going to be the big 50th anniversary of G.I. Joe. So they're going to have an action sailor and an action soldier in the classified style. It's just basically like a troop builder. So the action sailor is the torpedo body and head. He comes with two different heads and different nationalities, a ton of weapons, a ton of gear. The action soldier, again, it's like a mass soldier. You can just... Make like an army guy, basically. Okay. Um, let's see here. McFarlane is bringing back with his Page Punchers line uh, the two-pack McFarlane stuff. You are going to be able to get uh, 
Mini Fingers of the Freak, who is a favorite of mine from Classic McFarlane Toys, now in three-inch form. Ooh. Who's asking uh, for these page punchers? I, I'm so confused. Todd's multiple personalities are asking for page punchers. <laughs> I think. They suck, they suck yeah, so they, much. They suck. Uh, they're on clearance. I won't touch them. Yeah, I saw uh, one for $3, and I was like, nope. <laughs> some new Star Wars reveals, as we expected. They are getting a swath of figures in different sizes, including Balen Shaw, Shin, his uh, apprentice. We are getting a vintage-style Professor Hu Yang, who is everybody's favorite, voiced by David Tennant. Marvel Legends reveals there is an entire wave of Spider-Man No Way Home, no Way Home carded figures that do not come with any kind of build-a-figure. You get the three Spider-Men. Andrew Garfield uh, is from Spider-Man 2 because he did not sign off on his likeness rights. But you also get Tobey Maguire, and you get the final suit... Um, they call it Final Swing of uh, whoever the fuck plays Spider-Man now. Uh, uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. I, I was going to say Dennis Menace. Uh, <laughs> filling out the wave, you get Mary Jane. You get uh, suited Matt Burdock and Sandman. There is a deluxe box Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin at deluxe prices. Uh, a little cheaper than we're coming to expect. Doc Ock is going to have heavier tentacles so he can stand on them. Um, but they have pictures of him kind of doing the Dr. Octopus walk. They're pretty cool. Uh, there is also rumors that the other missing characters that should be there, um, Lizard and Electro, are going to be exclusives to Target and Walmart, respectively. They showed off a Void Build-A-Figure Wave who is all cosmic characters. Uh, you get... Power Princess uh, Justice from the New Warriors. So that's for you, Strasburg. A new vision. The Crystar figure that they shut off from the summer is going to be in this wave. Savage Namor, who is like a really brief appearance of Namor in the 90s. Namorita, who is also in the New Warriors and pretty much rounds out the classic New Warriors team. Mm-hmm. And a new Black Panther figure. McFarlane is doing a bunch of figures for Dune Part 2. And they're coming out way too early because the movie got delayed again. So that's <laughs> expect what happened with them. the first movie. <laughs> yeah, expect them not to sell. And uh, here's an interesting thing that apparently was like only shown in the background of some of the pictures for Dune stuff. Apparently McFarlane is doing Pacific Rim figures. God damn it. Hmm. Uh, because there were there were packaged samples on sale, but like there there are only a handful of pictures of them in the background of other pictures. Uh, what characters was it from the first Pacific Rim? Yes. Uh, just the robots, I'm guessing. It looks like just the robots, but still. Fucking the frog. <sighs> That's great. Um, I have a complete collection of the neck stuff, and I love it. Can't wait for McFarlane's cheap take on it. <laughs> um, there is going to be Aquaman movie stuff because everybody's excited for the Aquaman movie. I know I am. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh, Couldn't um, get through the first one. Yeah, no. There are more monster. F- I watched it on an airplane. I don't know why I always remember that. There are more Monster Force figures coming out now. They have a general build a figure, and one of the profiles is Carl Weathers. 
which I think is pretty cool. And the other one is G.I. Joe among he's got like four different heads. Uh, there are images that have snuck out of the Turtles of Grayskull, the much rumored crossover line of Ninja Turtles and Masters of the Universe. It's everything you think it's going to be. So imagine Leonardo with a furry cape and straps over his shoulders and a loincloth. There you go. With the uh, Masters Universe style articulation. There are new Monster High Neon Fright Glow in the Dark figures coming out. Look for those very soon. There is going to be a Jambi Headknocker from uh, NECA, which is pretty cool if you're a Pee Wee Herman fan. They've kind of announced that they had a ton of stuff in the works before Pee Wee died, and they're going to keep putting that out. McFarlane is going to be doing a Build-A-Figure Mr. Freeze Wave for Batman Forever. Some of these actually look like they've got likeness rights, like Mr. Freeze. Some of these don't. So it's kind of 50-50. I just want Mr. Freeze, so I'm going to wait for the inevitable release of the Build-A-Figure on its own with extra paint. Um, just so I can get it and quote it all the time and have it say, like, chill out. <laughs> uh, McFarlane is going to be doing IDW, G.I. Joe, and Transformer Page Puncher 2-packs because Todd hasn't made us mad enough yet. They showed off the newest figures for Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, and they're making toddlers for all of the mutants. And they're making a younger Splinter with his uh, afro and mustache, which is pretty cool. The rest of the stuff that they showed off apparently is top secret, but we're all assuming that it's stuff for the new cartoon. Because yep. as Playmates likes to do when there's something new, they like to have toys ready to <clears> rock. <throat> but also, apparently, there there is like... Uh, they're doing reissues from other Turtles lines that are going to be part of the Classics collection. I hope they start adding more paint applications. Um, I keep looking at Baxter Stockman and the fact they didn't paint his teeth, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, that's what's kept me from buying most of them, is the lack of paint. Um, Let's see here. One of the big show-offs of the New York Toy Fair is Trick or Treat Studios, and they have a wide selection of new Toxic Crusader figures. There is a new and improved Dr. Kilimoff figure coming out. Uh, there is Yvonne, Taxi's girlfriend, and Mayor Gross. So these were guys that were supposed to come out in Wave 2 of Toxic Crusaders that never got figures. So if you're a Toxic Crusaders fan like me, these are must-buy. Um, and nobody has and, gotten Paluto yet. And they're very decently priced, too. 20 bucks. That, uh, say whatever you want about um, Trick or Treat Studios. They are economically focused i don't know like they're they're price friendly these could be 40 dollars to any other company yeah so i thank them for that uh this got me very excited there is going to be a five inch line of texas chainsaw massacre figures from the first movie and at long last they're making the whole fucking family and the dinner table so if you buy the dinner table it comes with an exclusive sally and grandpa which in all these years nobody's made grandpa they're making the hitchhiker, they're making two leather faces, and they're making the cook. Which so so excited to finally have all those great characters. They're doing in vain in the vein of like their deluxe Chucky. They're doing a deluxe Billy the Puppet from uh Saw, mm-hmm. which is super cool. 
They showed off more of their Scream great stuff that's coming out. There are three more Killer Clowns that are drastically improved compared to their offerings that haven't come out yet. So, yes, get excited by this, but they barely put out any merchandise other than um, their stuff for Terrifier and for House of a Thousand Corpses, which have great quality. But the Scream Greats figures have not dropped yet, so like no Farmer Vincent. But three more Killer Clowns, uh, thumbs up. You've got Alex Murphy, we've mentioned this before, but there was more pictures from Robocop from NECA, who you can have him shot to shit. It looks awesome. It's great. Uh, back to Trick or Treat Studios. They're doing Guar figures. <laughs> i beyond ecstatic that not only are doing Guar, they're doing like Odorous with the Cuttlefish of Cthulhu. His dangly space dick is coming on a pair of figures with balls. <laughs> uh, which is just, it makes me super happy. They're making figures for Goosebumps. Also super, super cool. We're going to get Toonie Terrors figures from Wednesday. I hope this means, I don't think it is, but maybe uh, they have stuff planned for the first two uh, movies from the 90s from the Adams Family. Because I think those would sell like hotcakes. Um, we have Krampus figures coming out that don't come out until next Christmas. So this is a full two years that we've had to wait for them. Um, but they're doing a full line, not just Krampus. They're doing all the monster toys as well. Nice. Um, I'm excited for Krampus. I don't know if I need like the killer teddy bear and all that stuff. Um, once again, NECA has shown off. This one is a different version. Uh, this is horror of Dracula. They showed this off like 10 years ago and it never happened. And in one of the walkthroughs, uh, Randy from NECA let it drop that they have another major likeness tied to Hammer Horror. And they wouldn't oh, do it without him. Peter Cushing. And it has to be Peter Cushing because yeah. that's that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. Uh, so I hope we have Van Helsing and Dracula. And I really, really want Dr. Frankenstein, uh, which would be insane uh neca is doing john carver from the upcoming movie thanksgiving in every single form possible he's getting uh, a retro cloth figure an ultimate and a toonie tear i don't want to break your neca stride but i have a little bit of interesting news that just just dropped that is not directly toy related but kind of ties into toys sure the Sunbow Marvel Archive website uh, have apparently just uploaded a shit ton of early Transformers G1 cartoon storyboards and abandoned plots. Awesome. Uh, among them, this is why it's kind of noteworthy, uh, among them are the early introduction of a character named quote-unquote Fortress Maximus, who uh, was actually omega supreme okay uh so omega supreme was originally intended to be named fortress maximus before it was his own character and then a second time they introduce a character named fortress maximus who is not fortress maximus uh, <laughs> it is the autobot arc in robot form who is designed like the fucking Titan class Autobot arc. Oh, that's mm. fun. So the Autobot arc figure comes from literally an abandoned, not the last Autobot concept from IDW, 
but from an abandoned G1 cartoon concept. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. So, interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. That's pretty sweet. Uh, also, uh, to round that out with actual toy rumor, uh, if you look closely at the poster for uh, whatever they're calling uh, the new Transformers Legacy series, what is it, United? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poster features two moons. Oh. In Armada, Unicron took the form of a moon. Yes. Ah. And there has been heavy rumors that there is a new Unicron figure and a Primus figure coming. So thus the reasoning for two moons. I think they're overdue. He's always fun at retail. So cool. Rumor at this point, but there we go. Transformer stuff. Unicron. Yay. All right. As I was saying, uh, John Carver, any way you want him. Toonie, Ultimate, Retrocroft, tons of weapons. He's a pilgrim. And uh, I'm still not convinced they didn't rip off uh, Mike, Josh, and my idea for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I won't know until I see the movie. Uh, Coming from NECA, there is going to be an Ultimate Vincent Price that comes with three different versions of Vincent Price. Take your pick on how you want him. He comes with a cat a skull, a cigarette. He's just going to be there to call you a saucy bitch. God damn it, it's amazing. Uh, there is Year of the Rabbit, tons of Usagi stuff coming from NECA. There's going to be a multi-pack of Usagi Ujimbo stuff uh, coming out, he said, maybe this year. So that's pretty cool. Other things that snuck into the Ninja Turtle stuff, there's going to be a Jack Kirby figure, which looks amazing. Yeah, that's uh, freaking awesome. Also have, need it. Yep. There is human Baxter Stockman. There was a better look at the Rat King, who I'm going to get. This is currently my favorite version of the Rat King. It's been made until somebody gets around and does a proper take on um, the toy figure. I don't know why Super 7 couldn't do it, but if they ever get back to it, I want it. Uh, happened this past weekend... Halloween, 45 Years of Terror, a convention in Pasadena, California, had an exclusive Dr. Chalice, Tom Atkins figure from Halloween 3. He was limited to 1000 and last time I checked, he was selling for $600 on eBay. Oh, if he's signed, over 1000 Wow. Uh, I want it. Not that bad, though. And he comes with a bottle of beer and a can of beer. <laughs> cracks me the hell off. Uh, let's see here. It's great. Trick or Treat Studios showed off their line of five-inch Day of the Dead figures. You get Sarah, Doctor Kong, Bub, and Rhodes, who surprisingly is the only figure with waist articulation. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't help way, but be annoyed at that. Um, these yeah. figures, uh, a lot of the stuff from Trick or Treat Studio has real hair. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off when they come to the manufacturing. But like Dr. Tong, Odorous, these characters have real hair glued onto them. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to translate into the toys. There is going to be a 12-inch shit-talking uh, Captain Spaulding figure 
from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, which I think is pretty fucking cool. There's going to be a five-inch Tarman coming out from Trick or Treat Studios. This is the Year of Tarman merchandise. They are making a three and three quarters retro style Sinjinor from Scared Stiff. Uh, I'm the only person that likes this goddamn character, and it's just a classic <laughs> mask of like an alien knockoff. A mm-hmm. uh, bunch of stuff coming out for Terrifier 2 in five inch scale with uh, Trick or Treat Studios. I bet you they're very happy they got on this before NECA did. Uh, Josh, Josh, mute. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was uh, that it was a cat in the background. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> we have this is really weird. Trick or Treat Studios is also doing Universal Monster Toys. I don't know why, because NECA is doing them so well. Why would you bother? Yeah. So it's no they're not saying like what scale they're in, if it's five inch or eight inch, but they're doing the Wolfman, um, Phantom of the Opera and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And it's like, why bother? I don't. They don't look that good. So I don't know if they've got some sort of gimmick, like they have action features or something, maybe. But I don't think they do. Uh, NECA is doing Ben Cooper Kids. So NECA bought Ben Cooper masks, and they have their kid body that they had in the retro cloth um, Halloween three pack, Halloween three three pack. So it's these little kid bodies, generic kids with Halloween costumes on so you can buy your own little tiny kid with a crappy 80s Ben cooper halloween costume and there's a bunch of them super seven is doing their version of it as well it must have been a coincidence because i don't know why they would copy each other but they have reaction kids in super seven style pullover crappy masks again called uh, halloween kids yeah it's kind of weird uh there's going to be a glow in the dark radiation ranger but no other announcements for uh further toxic crusader stuff from super seven if i were them i'd wait until the toxic avenger remake comes out to announce new stuff just me uh there is going to be wave two of return of the dead reaction figures featuring tarman and trash which were just kind of dumped in the background of a display i don't know why um let's see here Super 7 is also doing a glow-in-the-dark vintage Remco-style Vincent Price. Looks awesome. Uh, Something that slipped between my fingers when we were doing San Diego Comic-Con, Syndicate Toys is doing Clownzilla, which is a figure that I thought would always get left out from Killer Clowns of Outer Space, but it was in their display, and it kind of got lost in the pictures, and I found it yesterday, and I was very excited. And the last greatest thing that they showed off yesterday i think this is the best announcement announcement blah, blah, blah. i have mush mouth really bad today they're doing a toonie terrors angela lansbury murder she wrote <laughs> jessica fletcher yes nobody saw it coming it's fucking awesome i will be buying this i just so excited so happy Thank God they're making it. Um, I now, don't know. this this is not necessarily related to Murder, She Wrote, but I feel like the only way they can top doing a Jessica Fletcher Toonie Terror figure 
is if by some way they also do a Dr. Sam Beckett Toonie Terror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because who would not want to have Quantum Leap Adventures with Dr. Sam Beckett and Jesse Fletcher? Just, yep. They opened up the possibility of like 80s sitcoms by just touching Murder She Wrote. So, like, would you buy Matlock? I mean, I wouldn't, but. Uh... I would. Yeah, like I, I I'm mean, kind of thinking about me, it. If you give me some Toonie Terror Golden Girls, I, I'd be all over that. The Golden Cold Girls. Check. Mm-hmm. Cold check. Cold check. I'd be all over. Yeah. Why do I feel like that's been announced? If it, it is, has, I'm excited. Like, I would. Yeah. Cold <laughs> check. The Night Stalker. Uh, Uncle Jesse. Colombo. <laughs> um, what's his name from all of the Law and Order shows? You know what I mean? Like, I would buy, like, a Geraldo Rivera in a heartbeat. <laughs> Just, like, all this crap television, uh, Cousin Balky. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of space them out throughout the year. <laughs> like, cousin, cousin Maddie? Yeah. Uh, Urkel? Come on. I would buy so many of these. You know you need mm-hmm. a fucking Urkel. Oh, uh, just do, like, a whole TGI Friday. TGIF lineup. Step by step. Nah, fuck that show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, Murder, She Wrote, I think it's like if you had them all lined up in front of me, that would be the one that I'd be like, yes, Mm -hmm. Jessica Fletcher, do it. Um, That's the news. That is a gigantic news dump. Uh, Oh, and I just found out today they're doing a Funko Toxic Avenger. Uh, as some sort of an exclusive to New York Comic Con, I think it's Toy Tokyo. I might be wrong. It's one of those New York City comic book store toy stores has got it as an exclusive. So whoever that is, I'm going to pre-order. It's glow in the dark. It's pretty cool. Uh, and this is like we had Funko in our first episode. We'll have it on the 100th, and then we're, we're not going to talk about them again. Um, Mike. Yes. It came from a living animal. Is it meat? <laughs> that's right aunt mabel wants you to try this gooey chewy thing that she put on the grill for a few minutes and wants you to try it she's not sure what it is she found it growing behind a dumpster is it mushrooms is it meat who knows it was next to a dead hobo Ooh, mystery hobo meat that's right is it meat is it foreskin we don't know put it in your body is it meat <laughs> I hear it's edible if you put some uh, Hollow Creek farm sauce on it. That all makes I know is in this edible. case, it is not a banana. No, no, it's not a banana. Don't eat those fucking bananas. Banana. Are you guys ready for the third prize winner announcement? Yes. Yes. Right. Prize pack numero two. This is the big reading prize pack. Let me tell you what you're gonna get. Big old stack of Goosebump books. You get a What If Zombie Iron Man Marvel Legends action figure. You get a stack of artwork from one Mr. Mike Alvarez, talented artist from Niagara Falls. A Vampirella Christmas ornament. Something's Killing the Children trade paperback, volume one, volume two. Hellboy Seeds of Destruction, volume one. A pack of Dinosaur Attacks trading cards. A mystery bag of comic books for Molly's. We know Wildcats is one of them. You get Talk to Your Cat About Gun Safety, a book about talking to your cat about gun safety. 
A Pez dispenser. Batman, Little Gotham, the trade paperback. Tiny Titans, welcome to the treehouse, the trade paperback. A stack of assorted comic books from my local comic book store, Rhino's Comics in Rochester, New York, including R.L. Stein's Stuff of Nightmares, Lord of the Jungle, and the New Barbarians. You get a retro-styled Venom and Dark Phoenix from Kenner. And last but certainly not least, you get the one-of-a-kind Warner Herzog action figure with Gigantic Katana. You do you not ready? get a pair of Mike's underwear. No. No. Nobody gets Mike's underwear. Nobody but Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, we'll come back to the J-Man in a second. Let's see who won. Contest number three. We have eight entrants. I'm going to spin now to see who wins. Spin, 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 spin. Spin, 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 spin. Da, 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 da. Congratulations. Matt LeMay. Yay! You knew you were going to win something. You won the big, big book contest. Blah, 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 blah. But that okay. also means you're out of the running for the fourth one, which is all the toys. Congratulations, Elizabeth. I would also like to give my congratulations to Mr. LeMay, as he will be in my sexual fantasies. This is a prize. <laughs> Warner, you are our most frequent guest. Thank you for coming on and gracing us with your presence. Do you have any thoughts to share? I enjoy being here very much. I especially enjoy being here with my best friend, Mr. The Frog. We like to tell each other jokes. Mr. Kermit the Frog. Hey, Warner. Would you like to tell me a joke? Uh, okay. Knock, knock. Who is there? Boo. Boo who? Hey, don't cry. Your best friend Kermit is here. That's so heartwarming. That's not a joke. Okay, I have one for you. What do you call a monster who eats too fast? I don't know, Werner. What do you call it? A goblin goblin. I am hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. It actually made me laugh. <laughs> hey, 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 creepy guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's a vampire's favorite fruit? What? Nectarines. <laughs> that shouldn't have been funny. What kind of what kind of mistakes do ghosts make? I don't know. I'm not sure, Warner. They make boo-boos. Yeah, you know, this is a better routine than I have with Fozzie. Yes, I am aware. I shall put on the hat and kerchief. I am now the bear. <laughs> I just like Warner saying, I am now the bear. <laughs> That almost sounds scary. I'm, I'm picturing like <laughs> I'm picturing Midsummer with like Werner in a dead bear costume. <laughs> oh shit! Um, good god damn. Uh. Have I ever? It's story time. Have I ever told you guys about 
um, Mr. Grasso. I don't think so. Mr. Grasso, I want you guys to just kind of remember elementary school. Remember in elementary school, if you had a substitute teacher, usually it was like you had two or three substitutes that kind of bounced around all the time. Yeah. Until they got like a proper position. So it's like, oh, my science teacher is out. Oh, it's Mr. Grasso. And then next week it could be the gym teacher or the math teacher, whatever. Yeah. So at my school, when I was in elementary school, there was this guy, Mr. Grasso, who would always try to get the kids on his side by telling dad jokes. And he would tell jokes just like Josh told. (laughs) Nectarine. (laughs) And everybody would groan because they'd be like, oh, that sucks. Because, you know, like in the 80s, we were telling like really adult jokes. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I was always like rolling on the floor, slapping my leg because I love horrible jokes like that. Oh, God. I love Josh mentioning that just cracked me up. Next uh, oh boy, okay. Uh, this just reminded me of him. It, it made me laugh. <laughs> oh dear, Josh. Yeah, a little vacation. It took a hundred episodes, but one of us finally made it to Disneyland, Disney World, Disney World, uh, in Florida. You said you'd never be back, but nobody ever quits the mouse. Well, Please see, tell I, us what it was I would like. never I would never work for them again. Yeah, there there is. Uh, and, you know, that that does have a caveat to it. There is one position, but we'll get to that. So I, I got to start off by saying. Uh, and this. This is probably the reason I've I've been so stuck on it, too. This was probably the single greatest adult vacation I have ever taken. It was so goddamn fun. So we did two days. Uh, we did one day at the Magic Kingdom and one day at Disney Hollywood Studios. Um, holy shit. It's changed. First off, it has changed so much since I worked there. Um, because when I worked there, I was hired on as part of the college program. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that I was hired in general was because I had the Disney look. I looked clean cut enough to be hired and working at Disney. And that is not a thing anymore. Like some someone else that was also equally clean cut did not get hired because apparently they didn't have the Disney look. So they just, you know, it's it's one of those things that like it it was weird back in the day. Today I uh, learned that um the Disney look is very similar to a uh, gay porn star. Well, see, nowadays, Disney <laughs> does not have I'm a look. I'm messing with you, Josh. Uh, but back now, then it did. This is 2000? Nowadays, uh, yeah, about 2000. Nowadays, Disney uh, wants their cast to embrace their uniqueness. So it was it was really nice to see cast members that didn't have to have, like, normal colored hair. I saw very brightly colored cast member hair with piercings all over and like clearly doing their own wild makeup and they looked happy to be there because they could be themselves and it like i i never expected to not only be back at disney but be excited to be back at disney but we are i can i can officially say that we're fucking disney people now (laughs) 
we've been talking about when we want to go back because it was so much fun. Uh, every one of the most noteworthy things that I have to bring up right right at the beginning here, before I even get into the parks or the rides or anything. Every single person we encountered there that we had any sort of interaction with, whether it was the staff, the cast members, whatever, or other guests, it was such a positive and exciting interaction that it it really, it helped make the trip as awesome as it was because uh, something that anywhere else could sound very ingenuine, but sounded very genuine from every person here, here was every cast member greeted us with a very genuine, hey friend, how are you? Hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of miss it. Like, I've had several occasions where I'm like, oh, you didn't call me friends. That's okay. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was, uh, and one of the things that I'll talk about uh, before, again, before the rides was uh, like a person-to-person -person interaction that we had there with another guest. Uh, we were waiting in line for pirates. Um, and there was a guy there with his family. One of them was, was his father, who was clearly, I would say, in his, like, late 60s, maybe 70s, uh, didn't speak a word of English. They were there from Chile. Okay. Um, and the the younger guy, who I would guess was probably about our age, somewhere around there, uh, spoke English. And, like, as we were waiting in line, he just turned around and started talking to us. And we started, you know, he was like, so have you guys been here before? Like, have you ever? And And, you know, we just had this conversation. And he was so excited to be there and he was so excited to be talking to us and share his experience. He had done Star Wars the day before. Uh, and he's a huge Star Wars fan. And, you know, by by the end of it, our interaction with that other person was more memorable than most of the ride. And it like the entire weekend was full of moments like that. And that was that was incredibly special to like be in some place where everyone was just like that excited to be talking to other people mm -hmm. um, before we left. Because one of the things that you do at Disney these days is uh, if you are a pin collector, they do pin trading. Yeah, both with other guests and staff members. Um, and we had a bunch of Disney pins already that we brought with us with the intention to be able to trade them. And one of them was a, a little Donald duck with, uh, he was in a, a USA t-shirt. So as we were, we were getting ready to part ways after the ride, you know, we're kind of looking at each other like we should give him the, the USA Donald. Right. And we gave him the USA Donald and he was incredibly touched and ended up giving us a, it's essentially a Chilean dollar. Nice. Uh, you know, not to try and pay us, but just like he didn't have anything that he wanted to give us a token to. And it was it was just a very touching interaction. And like the fact that there were. Uh, not necessarily all to that degree, but the fact that any interaction we had had that level of like happiness and excitement behind it. Really says something. You know, that's like that's really cool. It, it really is. 
But now getting on to the parks themselves, I made it a slight mission to look through the park, uh, the Magic Kingdom, to look for any sign of the extraterrestrial alien encounter ride. Uh, of which the only remaining sign of that ride is the fact that if you look very carefully at certain windows, you can see the inside still have the graphics on them from from that ride. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, everything else is gone. Uh, but the, the highlights from the Magic Kingdom are... Um, I was a little nervous going in because I was wondering, one, if the rides would hold up to my memory. Uh, and two, if, you know... Ruth would enjoy the rides because it was also that moment of like, oh God, what if I just took us on this vacation? And like, she thinks the rides are lame. <laughs> what if they are lame? Oh God. <laughs> um, Did Ruth have a good time? I, she, from the moment we got there right away, it was just uh, because it's also decorated for Halloween right now. Yeah. So you're walking around and like, everything's like a, Halloween themed pumpkins and like the characters are all in kind of Halloween costumes like you know Goofy's dressed as a cowboy and Mickey's dressed as a vampire so just that alone both of us were just like this is fucking magic this is pure fucking magic uh, we hit every major ride we wanted to in the Magic Kingdom we were able to ride the Haunted Mansion twice uh the main thing that I need to rant and the best way about in Magic Kingdom is Tron. Uh, the Tron light cycle run. You ride a goddamn light cycle. So you, you're is it's it like not, a explain it. It's see, it's a roller coaster, but it's not a typical roller coaster car. Each person gets into their own individual ride vehicle that are, you know, all connected together on a roller coaster track. Okay. But the ride vehicles are all your individual light cycles. And you mount it like a light cycle. You grab the handlebars, you lean forward onto it, and the handlebars move forward with you. And they close the back up around you. So and that then straps you, you ride. in, keep you safe? It doesn't like it doesn't feel like it locks. But that being said, like it it has to to some degree. Like you know, it it has to be obviously, but it just feels like you're riding a light cycle, and yeah. it I, I I I was beyond words after getting off of it because I rode through the grid. That's freaking awesome. It, I like, there's no other way to describe it. It, it was beyond a roller coaster. It felt like you would imagine riding a light cycle would be. Like there were, there were points because it's part dark ride. And then you go like, like a roller coaster. Like you kind of go out over a section of the, the park and the queue line, but the entire area over top of the ride has like a canopy dome. And it's all rigged with specialty lighting. So as you go through that area, the dome is lighting up over top of you with sections of the grid and like lines representing the other racers. It's insane. And then you go into the like inside dark section and it's just the grid. You're just in the grid. 
that's cool. It's it, it was fucking mind blowing. Uh, and you know, not that not that everything in Magic Kingdom wasn't magical because it was, but to you know try and move things along. The second day we went to Hollywood Studios, uh, and the first, the very first thing we did in Hollywood Studios was go to the Muppets 3D, Muppet Vision 3D. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, I went dressed as Gonzo. I cannot tell you how many times people stopped us through the day to compliment us and be like, oh my God, you're dressed as Gonzo. You have to go to Muppets. That's awesome. And like the people at Muppets like kind of let us like into areas that were part of the old queue area that were roped off, like that had like the Statler and Waldorf standee parts. Yeah. And like, it was just like, can I get back there and take a picture? And they were like, oh yes, please, please go back there and take pictures with it. We love your, we love your outfit. Um, and it's, it still holds up after 22 years. Uh, we went to the Indiana Jones stunt show, which I genuinely expected to seem a little bit dated because yeah. it, it is the exact same show. It has never been changed since they started it. And it doesn't need to be changed. Like, it's amazing how well it holds up. It's it's just like a stunt spectacular that feels like you're watching them feels watching them film parts of Indiana Jones. And it's really impressive. We did, um, I told Mike about this, but we did one ride called the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. Yeah. It's like riding through an old Mickey Mouse cartoon. You are in the cartoon. It it's, looks it's, amazing. It starts off with like a minute and a half all new Mickey cartoon. And then goofy crashes a train and it blows a hole through the screen and you walk through the screen and you get on the ride and you're in the cartoon. It's in like, but, uh, to, you know, to keep moving along, we rode the tower of terror, which absolutely holds up. It is probably one of my all time favorite rides. I think it's because of the twilight zone theming. I don't know if you guys are, overly familiar with the ride but they did this thing where they took like it was one of the first essentially uses of reproducing a dead person's face for something okay but they have an intro section where it's rod serling introducing the premise of the ride essentially okay and what happened in the hollywood tower hotel that you are now standing in and it feels like you're watching rod serling it's done so well uh, they have like a body double and a sound alike, but then they reinserted Rod Serling's face over the actor. And it's done incredibly well. It's done incredibly tastefully. It feels like something he would do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ride itself still holds up. Like it's basically a drop ride, but the. I, I, yeah, you have to experience that one because you, you ride through the Twilight Zone. Like there's there's a section where you're riding up in the hotel and you see the people from the story uh, that Rod Serling tells, like the doors open and it's the hallway of the hotel. And then you see the lightning strike and the entire hallway of the hotel and the people fade away into nothing. And it's the star field from the opening of the Twilight Zone. 
That's and then awesome. you ride through it. That's cool. Uh, but uh, we did that. We did the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster, which is the one thing I have to point out because it does feel very dated. Oh my god, it hasn't changed since they started it. The original intention was to like re- relatively regularly change it up with different artists to keep it like modern and themed modern times yeah and they just sort of kept it as aerosmith (laughs) and it's really weird and it feels really dated but it's still a really fucking fun ride Uh, but it's it's weird it's weird to go in there and see like this pre-show with like the members of aerosmith greeting you in a pre-show video from like 25 years ago but it's popular enough where it's still around. Yeah, yeah, and it's it really is a lot of fun. So you're saying Steven Tyler doesn't look like someone's grandma now. Exactly. <laughs> it's Steven Tyler from like 25 years ago. <laughs> uh, All right, Josh, but I got to know about the lightsaber. But see, this is what we're about to move on to, because we'll start off with uh, we rode Star Tours. The legend continues, which is the revamped version of Star Wars or Star okay. Tours. Uh, And it sits outside of the Star Wars area because it's been there a long time. But they've redone the entire ride. And it's really fucking impressive because it's still like a motion simulator ride. Yeah. But you're piloted by 3PO. And it, uh, it has newly created footage from ILM of like different sections of Star Wars worlds. And it's randomized, so you get three sections pieced together, so it's never the same ride twice. That's awesome. They've estimated that someone would have to ride it somewhere around 600 times to get all the possible combinations. Jesus. Uh, Like, there are so many different... We rode it twice. And while we got one same section in both rides, the other two were totally different. It was really cool. And it's really fun. Um, and just that simple update makes it feel like a fresh ride because even, even 20 years ago when I rode the original, it was fun, but it felt dated. And it's nice that it's still basically the same ride, but they've tweaked it enough that it doesn't feel dated at all. And it still feels like it can be fun over and over. So Early in the day, we walked into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is the planet Batu and the Black Spire outpost. I, I am pausing for effect because I think the first thing I uttered, Ruth took video of me walking in for the first time. I sent it to Mike. I'm pretty sure I just put my sunglasses in and mutter, oh my God, it's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I can't describe it as anything other than geek perfection. Okay. Uh, because my God, it's everything about it is walking through the world of star Wars. Um, like the vendors, like when I got the blue milk, it was it was absolutely like, like I, I need a glass of the blue milk, please. And it's absolutely 
That's going to be 6.57 Imperial credits, please. <laughs> and it would just like everything, everything was like that. We, um, we did all of the really major Star Wars experiences. So we did Star Tours and then, um, we did end up waiting around for the cantina. Uh, it took about, took us a little over a half hour of like just sort of hanging out near the cantina. And during that time, we were heckled by troopers. Oh, that's cool. Who told us we looked like trouble and we need to watch ourselves. They might need to bring us in for questioning. <laughs> uh, we saw Kylo Ren. We saw... Cool. Uh, we saw first order officers that were basically just like walking around and questioning people. Okay. Uh, and then we got into the cantina. It's a Star Wars cantina. I, I, I it's one of the coolest play. I, I'm not a drinker. I, I, as, as is known, I prefer smoking pot. I really don't enjoy alcohol. Mm. I genuinely considered getting an alcohol drink just because I was in the cantina. And then I turned the menu over and I saw an extensive non-alcohol menu that was just as fun as the alcohol menu. <laughs> um, Ruth got, uh, I, I think, I want to say she got a Jabba juice. But it's a job it, looked, of juice. it looked crazy. Uh, hers was when they poured hers. Uh, it drained from a tank with a creature in it above the bar. <laughs> what is it? Uh, and, and it was full of like boba balls that looked like eggs. And it was like kind of a bright green. I don't know what it was, but it was very huh. tasty. <laughs> uh, I got it was, a, it was Jabba's juice. I got a, it was called a, what was called a blurg fire. Okay. Which was like a jalapeno mango lemonade with like a chamoy ta, uh, tahini sauce around the edges. And just the look of it, like both drinks immediately looked like something you would see in Star Wars. So when you say something is like five Imperial credits, that just means five bucks. Yeah. It's like a one for one exchange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um and it it was it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. Uh the bartenders make you feel like you are in Star Wars. There's uh DJ Rex is the house DJ for the cantina. Mm-hmm. Uh who you, who is still voiced by Paul Rubens. And it it's it's perfect. So we went from the cantina. Uh, actually, I'll back up a little bit, because before we ended up doing the cantina, we did Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, where you fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, they put six people into the cockpit at a time. Two people are the pilots, two are the gunners, two are the engineers. The gunners fire the weapons, the engineers press all the buttons in the back to make sure the ship stays running. Okay. And the pilots fly. Uh, and the entire queue line for the area is walking through the hangar that the Millennium Falcon is sitting in, walking around a life-size Millennium Falcon. How long is the actual ride itself? 
the ride itself is probably about eight to ten minutes. Okay. And uh, Ruth and I were the pilots. And right before you get to pilot it, you're in this this big open. You're you're in the Falcon's like wreck area with the hollow chest table. Ooh, that's cool. And you know, if you're nice to the cast and you just kind of politely ask, they will let you take pictures at the hollow chest table. Ooh. And the feeling of sitting in that <laughs> in that area. Uh, that was one of the first moments that I kind of teared up. I was just like, oh my God, I have the holologist table of the Millennium Falcon. So, and, then we, and then we flew the Falcon. Can you explain the logistics of this? They have a ride that only six people at a time can ride, or is there multiple cockpits? I can, I can explain exactly how it's done. The, the waiting area, the wreck area, is a turntable with three outer turntables and each outer turntable has four cockpits ah okay so essentially at any given time there are 12 people piloting it got it uh no that's not right so there there are 12 cockpits going don't make me math but I was but, just like, wait, but, it's this awesome but, ride, but only four people at a time can ride. It just doesn't seem like logistically smart. But it's um you are in the cockpit of the Falcon. And you're like you're being guided by Hondo. Ooh. And occasionally Chewie pops up to yell at you. Okay, cool. <laughs> On um, the screen. Yeah. Okay. And uh but it's essentially the technology they used is it's a super souped up version of the star tours motion simulator, but you're controlling it along with a real time near cinema quality rendered screen that makes you feel like you're flying the Falcon. I, I can't describe it as anything like, especially because we were controlling it. Mm-hmm. Like that we were the pilots. Ruth got to hit the goddamn uh, light speed switch. It That's was awesome. Cool. I was a little jealous. I looked when they when when he when he told her to hit light speed. I was just like, eh. oh, you get to hit light speed. That's awesome. Hit light speed. <laughs> <laughs> Must suck being the engineers. You know, I had that thought, but it like there were so many points where like. If you hit something, like, it lights things up in the back that they have to, like, scramble to keep going or not not blink. So, because, you know, it's the Falcon. They have to keep that bucket of bolts in the air. <laughs> okay. But yeah. anyway, so we went Let's from see. we went from the cantina to Rise of the Resistance, which is a 15 to 20 minute long experience. Where if you're not already in Star Wars when you're in Galaxy's Edge, Rise of the Resistance is the single most complex and crazy ride I have ever ridden in my life. It's I sent Mike a video of what it starts with last night. It starts with you being in a room where you're greeted with a real-life hologram of Ray. Life-size. 
that looks exactly like the holograms you see on screen in Star Wars. And she essentially explains the premise of the ride and that you're part of a new uh, a new resistance base. Okay. That's being kept top, top secret on Batuu. Uh, and you need to be taken from one by one of their chief generals to the briefing point. Now, when you say Ray, a lookalike actress? Nope, it's Daisy Ridley. God damn it, that's awesome. Uh, and like Mike can Mike can back me up just from the video. Like mm-hmm. it's a real life goddamn Star Wars hologram. Yeah, it looks freaking amazing. Now, like you couldn't go cut touch it, but you could touch it. I, you are close enough that you would be able to, but obviously you would get in trouble. Like you're close enough to see that like this is a real thing. Yes, not just like a TV screen. No. No, and you and you can move around it and it has that real weird depth of field. So like as you move around it, like you're still seeing it from angles. It's insane. Uh, But then from there you get onto the transport. And the pilot of the transport who you can see and is interacting with some of the people. Is. One of the craziest, most realistic audio animatronics of. Amon Calamari. Ooh. Uh, and he's just like behind a window, like piloting the ship you're on. And then all of a sudden, the ship gets stopped by the First Order. And you're pulled into a First Order tractor beam because there is a suspected resistance member on board. And then you're boarded by the First Order. But when you're boarded and the door opens, all of a sudden you realize that, like, you've been in this, like, kind of ride vehicle and then suddenly you're in the hangar of a star destroyer with like a hundred first order stormtroopers standing there flanking you and it's a mix of audio animatronics and real actors and it's insane and it's like life-size scale so there's the big open bay window where you can look out into space And but like as you're trying to look at this, the First Order officers are like who are obviously Disney cast members, but they're like immersive to the point that they're barking orders at you and telling you that you have to move along. Because you're now prisoners of the First Order and you're going to be processed and taken into custody and questioned. And everyone is lined up and they're lined up on colored lines and they're put into cells. And each cell has like six people in it. And all of a sudden, like. The roof of the cell opens and it's like you realize you're in like one of the little lowered cells of a Star Destroyer. Because you can see the platforms above you as officers are walking by and then Kylo Ren walks up. And tells you that you're about to be questioned. And again, like it's not a sound alike. It's they got actual Kylo Adam Ren. Driver. Yeah. Uh, and like, and then the roof closes again, and you're just sort of, sort of left there waiting for a moment. Until you see the wall spark, and like, you, it, like, you know when the, the troopers are breaking down a door? Yeah. 
you see that in the wall. Like, you see the wall being, like, cut open with, like, a welding torch. And you're rescued by the rebellion. Or the resistance. Who break you out and tell you that they've found a route for you to get out. They're attacking the Star Destroyer. They can get you back to the base on Batuu. And you're ushered into, essentially, a little droid-piloted ride vehicle. That takes you through a Star Destroyer. And you see things like life-size AT-AT walkers. Life-size. You're at the foot of it, and you can look up at it. You see laser blasts flying through the air. And you see them hitting the walls, and they actually blow holes in them. And at one point, you're in an elevator when Kylo Ren is chasing you, and you see his lightsaber pierce the ceiling of the elevator and start cutting through. I have no idea how they did half of the effects in that ride. I don't want to know how they did half of the effects in that ride because it felt so real. I was wide up. My, my jaw was in my lap the entire ride. Uh, So we literally went directly from that experience to me building a lightsaber, which is a semi-private thing because they only, there's only like 10 to 12 people in doing it at a time. Uh, And the experience is so insane that it made me cry. So you start out in like this little open area where like, you know, you show up and like give them your name for the reservation. And then you're taken over to like the first person who instructs you that you're about to be taken into a very private chamber where you'll be met with the builders. Now to prepare, the builders need to know what type of saber you're building. And they give you a guide written in our besh, but you know, it's easy enough to tell what they are. There's like English over each uh, type of saber. Okay. And there are four different types of saber parts you can choose from. And each lot of saber parts has like multiple emitters and multiple pommels and multiple grips and sleeves and things like that. So like within each individual subsection you choose from, you can still customize heavily. So you choose that to let the builders know, and then once you've chosen that, you're given a an exclusive enamel pin that you pin to yourself to let the builders know which one you're building. Uh, which is, side note, the only way to get one of those pins is to do the experience. So there'd be like four different pins, so you have to do it four different times. Yep. Okay. Uh, and every few years, they change the the saber types and the pin types and so uh anyway uh i chose kind of kind of sith looking parts it's the power and control saber um and we were after waiting around a few minutes for like everyone to check in and make their choices you're taken into this small chamber with like a big semicircle table and you're greeted by uh the builder i was greeted 
by was uh, he told us we could call him Kenye and he would be guiding us through this experience and that each individual station has a builder that will help you through the experience and make sure you're building it correctly. And it was so immersive that I never once for a second questioned that he lived on Batu and helped the builders scavenge these parts so that he could carry on the ways of the Jedi. Uh, and the first thing you do is choose out your kyber crystal. And they're brought out in these special cases where you can see them all lit up. Uh, and you have the choice of blue, green, red, or purple. And then out in the uh, out in Doc Ondor's shop, you can buy different colors. So you can also buy yellow, orange, white, uh, and I think there are still a few other colors. Uh, and the kyber crystals do actually affect your lightsaber, and they will change the blade color. I chose purple. Okay. Um, and then you're given the chassis and all of the parts to choose from as you're walked through this. And I don't know if it was just the fact that, like, he could tell I was really into it, but Kenye came, sort of gravitated over towards me. Once I had my my saber pieces picked out and built, uh, and I set it down in front of me and came over and looked at it and was, he was like, "Oh, that's a very very excellent choice." Like you, the you know those pieces on it are meant for melee combat. So, and he picked it up and gave you an example. Uh, and one of the things he said is, "The power and control that's generally picked by Sith wielders, but you know it's." Uh, with the with the combination of the the purple crystal, you know it can it can be a powerful ally and a powerful tool, and it can help you channel the anger. But if you ask me, there are some things that you should be mad about. And me being me, I like because I've met Carrie Fisher, I couldn't help but throw out and. Thank you. I trained under General Organa. And without missing a beat, he said, you couldn't pick a wiser person to train under. She was, you know, I was very surprised to learn that she had chosen a blue crystal. But at the same time, it makes sense because the blue saber crystals are for guardians. And like he just kept going like he like. The things he said it just made me feel as if I was in Star Wars. Mm hmm. Uh, and at that point, he, he tells, uh, you know, he sort of backed away and he said, OK, we're going to get ready to activate your sabers. Now, I need you to back up as far as you can. This is very dangerous. I'm going to have your builder help helpers insert the sabers into the activation tubes. Uh, and he's getting ready to send the pulse to. Turn on all the lightsabers. And then before he does, all of a sudden the room dims a little bit. And then a green light washes over the room and you can hear Yoda's theme. Just sort of playing ambiently in the room. 
And then the voice of Yoda speaks to everyone in the room and it's newly recorded dialogue just for the experience from Frank Oz. That's freaking awesome. So Yoda speaks to you and tells you that you're getting ready to form your bond with your saber. Uh, and then, of course, after after Yoda speaks, you know, Kenya says that, oh, goodness, you were visited by Master Yoda. I'm going to send the pulse now and then builders take your sabers. And when I tell you, raise your sabers. And he activates the sabers and then this room full of like 12 people raise up their newly ignited, newly built lightsabers as music from Star Wars swells and fills the room. And I just started fucking crying. Cause That's so awesome. Cause really like I built a lightsaber. Uh, and as I was getting ready to, to leave and I hung around a second to thank the cast member. I don't know if Kenya was his real name, but he, you know, I wanted to thank him for the experience. And the builder that was working directly with me next to me, like that plugged my saber in, uh, came over and she was like, thank you so much. You were really wonderful to work with. And I was like, oh, my God, no, thank you. This was I I can't tell you how special this was to 40 year old Star Wars geek that's always wanted to build a lightsaber. You know, my next my next stop is Doc Ondor's to get some Kyber crystals to change the color. And she takes my hand and slips me two kyber crystals and she's like, well, that should start you on your journey. Enjoy the spire. Colors did you get? Uh, and she had slipped me a blue and a red. Dang. So I, right off the bat, had purple, blue, and red. And never once, like, I thanked him and I asked to take a picture with, the, the, with, with Kenya. Never once did he break character. And That's it so was quite possibly one of the most moving geek experiences I will ever have. I didn't like, I had friends, I had asked friends about it. Like if I should do the lightsaber or the droid and they were like, the droid is fun. The lightsaber made me cry. Do the lightsaber. Okay. And I was like, okay, okay. I didn't expect it to actually move me that much, but it fucking did. Now you're not allowed to like walk around the park swinging it around making noises right i mean you it's you're not supposed to walk around and swing it but like as people come out of the experience like they're holding it up in the air with it ignited and uh you're given a special case to carry it around and to protect it it's very well padded uh and i gotta say also like it's it's an expensive experience how much does it cost it is if you go to Disneyland in California, it's two hundred and ten dollars. Okay. At Disney World in Florida, it's two hundred and fifty. It's not that bad. Now I remember when the Master Replicas lightsabers first hit, and they were two hundred and fifty dollars. And this is better quality than those early Master Replica lightsabers. And you know, twenty five years later, so. The fact alone that all of the pieces are metal, like all of the assembled, like the 
igniter, the pommel, the grit, like all of the pieces that you assemble over the chassis and the chassis are all metal. So it's heavy duty. Uh, and the blade is removable. So, also, each individual kyber crystal not only changes the color of the saber, but it changes all of the noises it makes. They each have a different ambient hum. They each have different clash noises. They each have different igniting and turning off noises. So, getting different kyber crystals genuinely does change your saber around. Have you That's scared the cats with it yet? The cats do not like my saber. Where is it on display? Uh, we haven't put it on display yet. It's just been living in its case because I want to get a wall display that I can just display the hilt on. I don't necessarily want to want to display it with the blade, but I do want to display the hilt. Uh, also, I love that you can just plug the blade in and out. Like, li listen to this. This is me taking the blade out. Yep, sorry, let me let me hold up the, the speaker and, and plug it in. I didn't realize where the speaker was for it. Like, did you hear that? That's really cool. Like, that's just the noise of plugging the blade in. Uh, if you try to turn it on without the blade in, it makes this noise. Because it's shorting out and it can't turn on. That's so cool. But then. That's the purple blade. Uh, and it even as you insert the uh, the kyber crystal. Mm -hmm. Like the kyber crystal lights up and it makes a noise, making you feel like you've, you know, activated and chosen. It's it's something fucking else. Uh, it is it is worth every goddamn penny. Uh, Did Ruth get one? She didn't. But you uh, when you do the experience in I did look it up in. Disney land uh in california i guess because it's a slightly bigger space you can bring two guests along to view the experience in cool. disney world you can bring one guest uh so ruth was able to come along and film a lot of it oh they let you film the experience too that's cool they let you film the experience they do ask that you please do it without flash or lighting that's which so makes sense but uh, but even like afterwards, Ruth was telling me that like she was like, it felt so private and intimate that I felt like I was intruding and it was something I shouldn't have been filming. That's so cool. It. Yeah, I will. I, I to anyone listening that is it has a plan to go to Disney and they're on the fence about spending it because of the cost. Just do it. It's if you are even a, if you have ever thought about building your own lightsaber. This is the closest thing you'll get to really doing it, and it's more magical than I can ever truly describe. 
And I have a lightsaber to keep forever that I chose the parts for. Sure, other people may cho- may have chosen the same parts. Like, obviously, there are only so many parts you can put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the fact that you're able to go through and make the choices that you can make. Like, when, when else are you going to be able to do that? And also, I learned after the fact, not that this would have changed my choice in doing this experience, uh, but there, there are two things that you can do after the fact that I did not know about. One is, if you stop into the main Star Wars shop in Galaxy's Edge, uh, Doc Ondor's, in, like after doing the lightsaber experience and give them the lightsaber they will ship it to you so you don't have to take it on the plane and they will ship it the most expensive shipping obviously is overseas and the overseas shipping rate for the lightsaber is $40 oh that's awesome oh, wow. you took it on the that's, plane I just took it on the plane uh, I didn't have any problems. But, uh, you know, that's an option. The other option that I did not know about and also still wouldn't have changed what I did is in the Tatooine Trader, which is the shop right outside of Star Tours, there is a cheaper build-your-own-lightsaber experience that it's it's not guided, and they're the more traditional telescoping lightsabers. Okay. But you can go through and you can pick out like similar all individual pieces. You can pick out the color. They have lights and sounds to them. They're essentially like the um, like the role play lightsabers they sell in stores. Except okay. they're super, super customizable. So like if you're going with kids. You can still have the option of like getting your kids lightsabers that they can build themselves. That's without would... breaking the bank. Yeah, that's what I would do. And I would just tell them that that's the experience. And I think, you know, depending on what parts you get, they range anywhere from like $30 to $50 for those. The more expensive ones being like, if you get a coupler that connects two lightsabers and you want to make a double-bladed. Which is possible. That's pretty cool. Uh, also, yeah, if you buy two of the lightsabers from Galaxy's Edge, you can also, and Doc Ondors, buy a connector piece to connect them both to make a double-bladed for yourself. That, man, then you'd have to buy two lightsabers. Can you do two you at can, once? You, can, uh, you can't do two at once, but there are shops outside of, uh, in Disney Springs that sell, like, lightsabers, and Doc Ondors sells replica lightsabers that are still built similarly. Mm-hmm. So you could, for example, go buy like Darth Vader's lightsaber and like take the grip off and put on a custom grip with a connector and have a have half of your saber be Vader's. Yeah. Uh, and those actually are a little cheaper. Those are like one hundred and sixty to one hundred and eighty. Cool. So, yeah, you know, it's I. <sighs> I know I know I talked a long time about all this, but it's it's such an insanely immersive experience that 
I could keep talking about it and go for at least another hour, you know? Mm -hmm. There are so many little insane details that, like, the bottles of Coke and Sprite look like thermal detonators with all of their labels written in Auerbesch. That's so fucking cool. Uh, everything in the land is Star Wars. I could have spent the whole day there. I'll be honest. I'm like I like I said to you before. I'm not huge on amusement parks these days, but that's the main reason I want to go there is for Galaxy's Edge. Like it just it seems so fucking cool. It walking in like obviously i've seen pictures and video of people in galaxy's edge since it's been opened Mm -hmm. um but nothing can prepare you no picture does a life-size millennium falcon justice you know you know what i mean I feel like that would freak me the hell out just seeing a life-size Millennium Falcon. Like, I would spaz. Exactly. Like you just you suddenly walk in and it's just you turn a corner and you come out of like uh, one of the food places. I don't remember what it's called, but like it's themed so heavily that there's um you know you know the white uh 8D8 droid from Jabba's Palace. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a droid like that in the middle of like this little quick service restaurant in Galaxy's Edge. I think it's called Ronto Roasters. But it's it's a big like animatronic pulling a lever and it's rotating a big spit with meat on it. <laughs> uh, like and you walk through that area and you, as you come out the other side. You're on this like little. Landing. On on one side has like a little observation area. On the other side has stairs. And the observation area looks out onto the Millennium Falcon in its docking bay. And just walking out and seeing that. And it being life size. And when we first walked out, like Chewbacca was standing outside of it. That's so cool. It was crazy. It was crazy. You know, I'm still not sold. <laughs> and and we uh, I, one of <laughs> one of the things we we jokingly kept saying through the weekend or through that day <clears throat> was because the Coca Cola bottle is in Auerbesch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can still kind of tell it says Coca Cola. Okay. We just kept calling it like. Hey, I need a sip of the. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can you hand me the? All right, Josh. If Uh, this wasn't a love letter and like a commercial for all of us adult children to go to Disney, I don't know what is. I I have. And thank you for sharing that with us. I I have genuinely never felt more childlike. As an adult, it was there were there were things that like I didn't even question 
not not that I would have normally really that much anyway, but like there there was a point where because uh, of course Ruth found at one point Ruth found uh, the face painters. Yeah. Because they're you know face paint stations, and she was hanging out and talking with the face painters uh, for for a good little bit, and it was a lot of fun. And as we were getting ready to walk away, they were like, oh, "Did you guys want your face painted?" And I was like, "No, that I, it, that really that's okay." And they were like, "Oh, do you want some pixie dust?" And it's literally just like glitter that's shaken out over you. But it's it sounds like code for drugs. I know. Well, it's, but it's like. It's also like it's got to be some sort of specialty glitter because, uh, you know, most most glitters are not safe for your eyes. No. And they sprinkle it into people's hair. So it's got to be something special, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's literally they're just like, OK, put your head down and make a wish. And then they sprinkle pixie dust over you. And they did that to Ruth, and they were like, did you want pixie dust? And I wasn't even thinking. It was like, yes, please. <laughs> like, yes, I will take the pixie dust. Pixie dust me. Dust me, bro. Oh, but really, like, everything everything we did was... Uh, we somehow managed to do every single thing that we really wanted to do there. Cool. Which... I I am I am pretty amazed at it. Like that's that's kind of crazy that we were able to do that at Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did absolutely use the uh, magic bands and lightning lanes and all of that stuff, which cost us a grand total of twenty dollars per person for the whole day at magic kingdom and 15 at hollywood studios cool and those allowed us to basically be like okay uh so if we reserve this ride right now we can ride it in 15 minutes instead of having to wait in line that's cool uh and yeah so so i was basically I was willingly in charge of that and keeping us going through the day. All right, Josh, I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to get moving. No, 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 no. Please cut me off. I'll, I'll keep going. Otherwise it's time. We have two last oh. things to do. Yes. No, I I've got to add one, one last super quick thing. That's incredibly silly. Uh, the most exciting pin trade of the entire weekend was a moment when, uh, I saw one of the cast members because uh, the cast members will just pull out like a pin board that they have for the store. Okay. Uh, and the store we were in pulled out their board and right in the middle was a little uh, like Mickey shaped pin. Okay. Of the old Tomorrowland uniform that I wore when I worked there. Oh, cool. And immediately I was just like, holy shit, that's the old. I need that one. Yep. I'm, I need, I need that one, please. <laughs> and I got it without even thinking. A uniform that I would never wear again. Uh and also the one one position that I would ever ever work at Disney World again is uh the person guiding the lightsaber build. That's it. It's the only way I'd ever work for him again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. 
we have one last prize package and one 100th Hall of Fame. Are you guys ready for the fourth and arguably coolest giveaway? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. A few people who have entered this, you have been eliminated because you won other contest prizes. But here's what you're going to get in the Super Mega Toy Prize. You get Panthor without fur. A Nightmare Before Christmas card game. You get a Super 7 Leonardo Ultimates. You get a Black Series Princess Leia. You get a J.J. Classified Roadblock. You get three Loyal Subjects Garbage Bell Kid mini statues of Weird Wendy, Geeky Gary, and Rod Wad. You get a Russ Witch Troll courtesy of Jerry's Closet. You get two uh, many awesome War for Cybertron, Kingdom Transformers of Optimus Prime, and Soundwave. You get two Final Faction monsters. You get a retro-style Mandalorian Mando figure, a pack of Dinosaur Attack cards, a G.I. Joe 25th Anniversary Minton Cards Stalker. You get a unopened box of junk bots. You get some Million Warriors. You get Mint in Package, Terraclaw Skeletor to ride Panthor. You get Deadeye Duck, you get the Ghostbusters Terror Toilet, and a vintage, opened, gently used Jabba the Hutt No Throne. I would like to add, the Panther comes in the realistic fur packaging. It is the unfurred version. This was a swap out at a store, and I grabbed it. Are you guys ready? Let's see who won. Buckle up. There are eight possible winners for this prize package. We're going to find out who wins right now. Here we go. Spin that wheel. Spinny spin, 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 spinnerino. Our winner is. This is great. It's Leanne from the Heretic Party podcast. Leanne, congratulations. You won a gigantic toy package. I think you wanted just the troll. That's awesome. But congratulations. congratulations. You get all of it. Uh, So when you listen to the podcast, get a hold of me, and I will be sending you one gigantic package in the mail full of toys. So I hope you love them as much as we do at Count Creepy Head's Saturday Morning Monster Bash. Guys, it's time for the Hall of Fame. Here is the gimmick for this Hall of Fame. It's not toys. It's our original characters who have become super popular on the show. Pick anyone you want, but you know, you know, our, our cast of colorful ragamuffins, ne'er do wells, and boneless children. <laughs> Whoever wins, we all win. So, are you guys ready to let the fans vote who our number one goofy ass pull out of thin air character is? Yes. Oh, indeed. Um, Josh, why don't you go first? Uh, I I think you know who I have to choose. Werner. I have to choose Werner. I mean, Mike. it would be blasphemous if you didn't. Yeah, it's, that's go- your baby. I'm going to go with good old Aunt Mabel. You know, she started things off and... She's always there to sell us random goods, (laughs) you know, that she found behind the dumpster behind that Kmart. Mike, Mike, it's between two pieces of bread. Is it meat? (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. 
Be gone and, she has, Mabel. and she has such pleasant old lady farts. Yeah, ghosts and jars. Are they farts? We don't know, but uh, maybe, you know, Abe Lincoln smells like Brussels sprouts. Coincidence? I, I, I don't know. Um, then I got to vote for my baby, uh, Timmy. Of course. The, the boy without bones that constantly wants to stick his fingers in you. That sounds uh, so horrible. Who has uh, a horrible drug problem and all the other horrible things we've done to Timmy. <laughs> Wait, um, is, is Timmy actually Eddie Furlong? <laughs> no, because Eddie, Eddie Furlong has teeth. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, Eddie Furlong, who one day will be back on Cameo. And the minute he is, I will be <laughs> throwing money at him to, hey, man, it's me. <laughs> it's Eddie Furlong. Um. <laughs> I want to thank everybody who has listened to the show today uh, for the last few years. Uh, I appreciate everything that you've done for the show and um, giving us all of our tens of twenties of listeners every day. We couldn't do without the fans. I'd like to thank the Rad Pantheon uh, for uh, bringing me on. You guys are awesome. And there is going to be a very special message as soon as this show is over from the one, the only, Jesus Christ. That's right. I got Jesus to do a cameo. And I asked him, Jesus, who's your favorite He-Man character? He just totally let me know. So uh, if you're curious about uh, what action figures Jesus plays with, he's going to Which you should be. Yeah. I mean... I've always wanted to know, hey, Jesus, is it Transformers or GoBots? And he said Rock Lords. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. This is Mike. We will be back uh, next week. But as always, it's going to be a goofy schedule for a little while because we live busy, active lives. Um, this month is always crazy. Yeah, and October is like busier than Christmas for all of us. Yep. So uh, we'll be back whenever we back. We back. We're back. Probably next week, and I would expect one of our fun, goofy Halloween episodes as we like to do. So, there, one hundred, we did it. That's right. <laughs> My throat hurts from doing so many bleds. Is that really the reason it hurts? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This is Mike. Saying, play with your toys. Follow us on Facebook or wherever you have social media. We're probably on there. I always appreciate you fans. Thank you. This is Mike saying, trust that mystery meat that Aunt Mabel tries to give you. It's tasty treats. This is Josh saying, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that so funny? <laughs> uh. <laughs> that should not have been that funny. That just that just got me. It just seemed right, like the right sign off. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hey, Count Creepyhead. It's me, your favorite Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I just wanted to take a quick little break from my very busy schedule of, uh, you know, miracles. 
and other, you know, like really important Jesus duties up here in heaven, you know, so that I could personally congratulate you on 100 episodes. I am so proud of you, and I love you very much, Count Creepyhead. And yes, I, I do say that to like everybody, but well, with you, I kind of really actually mean it. Some, so good job. I am proud of you. And I know I'm not the only one, you know. As I happen to get a lot of prayers about you. You know, I just got a good one from Aunt Mabel. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, probably one of the best prayers I've heard in a long time. And I have heard them all. So, yeah. And, you know, I gotta say, uh, your dead relatives up here in heaven, um, they're kind of proud of you too, a little bit. I mean, in their own ways. Um, I mean... Maybe it's time to make less butt jokes. Maybe. Perhaps. All right. Well, anyways. Uh, hey, I, uh, I know you like He-Man. I like He-Man, too. You know who my favorite He-Man character is? It's She-Ra. If that, if that counts. She's part of the He-Man universe, just... Anyways, I like She-Ra. Just saying. Alright, well listen, um... You know, I also wanted you to know, I, uh, I have been watching you. Like, uh, like, not in a weird, you know, like, creepy way or anything like that. I, I completely close my eyes when you go to the bathroom and stuff. It's just that, like, you know, I, um... I've been watching you in a Jesus way. <laughs> And I have noticed uh, that um, there's that one thing that you've done. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I gotta say, um, wow. Like, seriously? <laughs> okay. Well. Hopefully you can repent, because, you know, otherwise, you know, we've got rules and stuff, so. But anyways, listen, love to stick around, maybe like, I don't know, rain down some blessings or something, but I gotta get going. You know, these uh, mansions don't just, like, build themselves, so uh, I should probably get back to the grind. But uh, you stay blessed, okay? And don't do anything I wouldn't do. Love you. Amen.
Count Creepy dot com on the World Wide Web. Must I say it again? Did you not listen? Count Creepy. C-O-U-N-T-K-R-E-E-P-Y. Ah.